Hey there, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 223. Now, you've probably heard me describe my buddy Ox as like the mad scientist of the tactical firearms world. And it really fits him because he refuses to be limited by traditional thinking and traditional training methods that are out there. And he really has this unrelenting hunger for pushing his own training and his tactics far beyond where I see most other instructors take it. Well, he and I were recently on the phone talking about ammunition choices for self-protection and concealed carry. And his personal loadout really surprised me. So much so that I just had to carry on our conversation by getting him on this week's show so I can include you in on the discussion as well. I think you're going to be just as surprised and intrigued as I was, if you're an ammo dork like I am anyway. And I'm super curious if you have any kind of unusual ammo choice of your own to contribute to the conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so make sure that you leave them over in the comments on our blog for this week's podcast episode. And as usual, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet that you can use to refer back to the major highlights from today's episode. All you have to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 223 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk ammo. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. When it comes to concealed carry or home defense, the choice that you must make goes deeper than just what gun is best to protect me and my family. Of course, you have to feed that gun the right ammunition that will both feed well in your firearm and have the stopping power you need to make the bad guys stop trying to kill you, right? But few gun owners think beyond the traditional one type, one brand of bullet selection process when it comes to the ammunition that they like. And to be honest, I was one of those people until a few months ago when a buddy of mine, who frankly I considered to be like the mad scientist of gunfighting, he schooled me that there's much more to the ammo selection process than most people think. And it really sparked a conversation that I, I basically just stopped the conversation and said, wait, wait, this is too important. My audience has to hear this. And that's why we're here today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. With me today is my good friend, an insane firearms innovator, and I mean that as a compliment, <laughs> and best-selling author, Ox. Ox, welcome back to the program, man. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Great to be here again. It's it's so cool to have a friend that I get like so many cool tactical tips just out of like us hanging out on the phone. This is awesome. But but uh, this one conversation that we had was uh, was really really uh, it was really eye opening for me. So I'm really excited about sharing this with everybody. So listen, everybody, if this is your first time listening to one of our uh, one of the interviews that we've done with Ox. Ox is somebody who is truly serious about effective gun training and showing others how to prepare for a violent attack. He's very tied into the Alphabet Agency crowd on the Intel side, and he's worked with several representatives on joint tactical programs, such as the best-selling book, Tactical Firearms Training Secrets. His must-have, and I mean that, it is a must-have, dry fire training cards and his dry fire fit cards the Force Recon 3010 Pistol Course, the Navy SEAL Concealed Carry Masters Course. I mean, the list goes on and on. These are truly innovative products. And Ox is not only that, but he's a, he's a competitive pistol shooter. He's an avid hunter and outdoorsman. 
He is continuously sought after for his advice and consulting by strategic planners at the Pentagon, as well as special operations personnel from the U.S. and allied countries and the U.S. tactical law enforcement personnel. Now, for more information about Ox and his unique firearms training approach, make sure that you visit him online at www.tacticalshootingsecrets.com. All right, Ox, so just to kind of lay the foundation for everybody out there, you and I were talking about stopping power. We were talking about ammunition, which most people mm-hmm. don't really have that conversation. Usually it's about guns and tactics or maybe drills like that. But we were having a conversation a few months ago about concealed carry loadout and stopping power. And you shared with me what you're carrying in your everyday carry gun. And I have to admit, like, first, like, it really made me raise an eyebrow. Like, why isn't there just one bullet inside of there? Why don't you just choose one bullet and just go with it? And then, it, I mean, as you explained it to me, I really, it really got me started thinking about how important it is for somebody to really think deeper about their own personal loadout. And not just, not just based upon, like, their individual threat probabilities and things like that, but also based on the realities of a true life or death gunfight. And you have a very, you had a very unique approach to this that I really wanted to share with everyone. So, this conversation has not ended. My head is still buzzing with all these possibilities. But let's go ahead and start by by letting our audience know, like what what ammo is in your in the magazine of your firearm that you that you carry. That's a great question, and the the short answer is it depends on the time of the year. Uh, most of the year, what I carry in each of my magazines is the first two rounds are frangible rounds. And I normally use uh, TNQ, uh, Marcus Luttrell's Team Never Quit, uh, frangible 9mm. And then um, the rest of the magazine is filled with Spear uh, G2 147 grain hollow points. And then in, uh, in the fall and winter, I actually change it and... First two rounds are still frangible. Next three rounds are still uh, Spear G2. And the last five are hardcast uh, hard lead. And the reason for that is because hardcast lead will penetrate four to six feet. And I, well, just a few weeks ago, I was charged by a moose uh, while I was out trail running. So for me, it's a, it's a very real thing that I might have to take care of a large predator with the little puny nine uh, millimeter that I run with. So, so let's let's break those down a little bit first. So so yeah. frangible for those people that don't know what frangible ammunition is, what is it, and why is why are those the first few rounds that you have in in your magazine? Yeah, that's that's a that's a big deal. Um, so what what frangible rounds do? They basically are uh, little shards of copper and other material that are pressed under several tons of pressure to make the bullet. So they aren't melted and, and formed together. They're, they're, they're pressed, and I think extruded might be the right word, but I'm not sure. Uh, what happens, what that does is when the bullet hits either a fluid medium or something hard like a brick or steel or cement, the the bullet shatters. It, it breaks up into several small pieces. And uh, the reason that that's good and the reason that I have the, the first two bullets in my magazines uh, loaded with frangible is I actually 
shoot a lot of stuff on a regular basis around our house and we have a lot of rock. So when I shoot into a rock face with a, uh, a full metal jacket or a traditional hollow point that's lead on the inside and copper on the outside, I not only have rock coming back at me, but I also have metal coming back at me. And I don't like that. So with the frangible round, if I shoot something that has rock behind it and the bullet makes it through and hits the rock, uh, the bullet's not going to come back at me. The bullet's going to disintegrate. There's still going to be some rock fragments, but they aren't nearly as um, as dangerous as small metal coming back at you. So isn't there... Um like I know people that um, I think I've talked with police officers that also use frangible ammunition for, for for personal defense because they are out in public and um, if I remember correctly the reason because I don't I don't currently have it loaded yet I wanted to have this conversation with you but there are people that said like if they're out in public especially in urban areas when it comes to the accuracy of maybe of the first couple of rounds um, under high stress that's when the biggest possibility you have of maybe hitting somebody that's innocent or there being a ricochet off of a car or the a building or something like that. And so their first couple of rounds or, or some I know some police officers that have used frangible as like their their complete loadout for for this purpose. So are there any like personal defense reasons that you know of where frangible might be beneficial for those first couple of rounds? Yeah, and there's actually a big myth about frangible that that kind of fits in with that question, and that's the belief that frangible rounds will break up and disintegrate when they hit sheetrock, and the fact is they just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, frangible round will still go through six, eight, ten layers of sheetrock, just like a regular bullet will. Uh, it's, it's not magical in that respect. What it will do is disintegrate when it hits something very, very hard, uh, like steel or brick or cement, or uh, when it hits fluid, but not when it hits sheetrock or traditional building materials. Right. So I think maybe that, that's kind of um, reminding me, like I think they were thinking if they were shooting at somebody and they were like near a building, near a wall or something, even if they missed them, there would be some sort of perhaps like um, spray off or something like it. It wasn't like they were shooting a, a 12 cage, you know, buckshot round at them or anything like that. But um, I think it had to do with like you could shoot under a car and it would spray like basically underneath the car. If they were hiding behind something, you, you could shoot like underneath it at the pavement and it would it would like kind of shatter when it hits the pavement. It would ricochet up more, and it would it would break apart to give them better better um, I guess spread pattern, if you will, if you want to throw that word at it. But um, you know, just kind of like exploring it, just trying to think about what yeah. might be an advantage for that. So one of the the big advantages is what happens when you miss, and again, the the bullet's going to break up and. Uh, a lot of the kinetic energy is going to be absorbed in the breakup of the bullet. And what you're going to end up with is tiny fragments that if they hit you, they're for the most part, they're going to feel like a mosquito hit you. They, they, they're just, they're not an issue. They hit your eye. Yeah. That's definitely a problem there. Uh, it, 
you shoot a frangible round and skip it off of the ground into ballistics gelatin, you're going to get a little bit of penetration, but not very much. Uh, I would not want to be on the wrong end of that experiment. It's not, it's not that kind of safe, but it's uh, uh, way, way less penetration than what you get with a, uh, a hollow point or full metal jacket. Right, right. So now, when they hit when they hit fluid, uh, they they break up and make multiple wound channels inside, and they're they're a very effective uh, personal defense round. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there are oh, how do I say this? Places where there are pipes full of explosives, a lot of times we'll use frangible rounds because the consequences of a miss are way less severe with frangible than with traditional rounds. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. And so um, so your first few rounds are frangible. Um, the next rounds that you have are going to be a, a, a type of a hot – that's where your main stopping power is. You've got hollow, hollow points that are in there. And we've done we've done other interviews on like why you should do hollow point versus like full metal jacket and things like that. But then your last few rounds in the fall, you say you do hard cast lead, and the reason for that is, mm-hmm. but why? So what is the hard cast lead round, and, and then what is your reason for putting that in there in the fall? The hard cast lead round is a well, it's a it's a lead bullet, but it's much uh, denser and harder than traditional soft cast lead. And when most people reload at the home and make their own lead bullets, they're they're using soft cast lead. This is this is way, way harder. And it's got a flat point on it. So when it goes into soft tissue, instead of having a a, a round point and slipping through the tissue, it's got that flat point and it just crushes everything in its path and it will penetrate a few feet. It's a a very effective penetrating round. Right. Now this is going to go through an entire gang of MS-13. Like if they were all lined up, it's going going through a whole bunch of people. So a lot of people are worried about overpenetration, but the reason why you have it is specific to your needs, which are. It, It has to do with wildlife. And we have, uh, in the canyon where we live, we've got moose. Uh, like I said, I got charged uh, a few weeks ago while I was trail running and uh, by a moose. was within 10 yards. Yeah, by a, <laughs> I mean, it was obviously, it, it was probably a 7,000-pound moose that was bigger than a house. Um, not really. It just seemed like it. <laughs> seemed like it, yeah. But, but. Uh, I was able to maneuver behind a tree, yell, and didn't have to shoot. But it's that's kind of a reality for us. We we have close encounters with moose, with um, with bear. Uh, we've got wolves in our canyon occasionally. Um, so I like having I, I like carrying ammo that will take care of the threats that we have uh, in our immediate area. Hmm. And then that's important. That's an important lesson for people, right? To think about, like, to really think beyond the one bullet uh, choice 
that most people are doing, including including myself. Um, and then also just think about like what are the threats that you face? What are the things that you're you might have to use a firearm for? What's the environment that you're in? Are you are you analyzing what you're you're feeding your weapon based upon what the choice might be? And most people think about that in terms of like home defense. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big, that's a big place where you think about what ammunition you're going to use, right? So, but most people, when they're looking at concealed carry, don't give it that same level of thought. And so that's why I thought this was really important. For people out there that, um, you want to, sh like, they want to analyze more, like, what advice do you have for them to really customize what it is that, that they're going to put inside of their everyday carry gun or for, for home defense? Not, I mean, basically, just what is the process? That what are the questions that they should ask themselves in in making that selection? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, throw out any thoughts, beliefs, uh, ideas, or history that you have with ammunition that's older than five years. And the reason for that is the the world of defensive ammunition has changed at an absolutely amazing pace. Stuff that was cutting edge uh, 15 years ago and 10 years ago is barely adequate now compared to the the newer ammo that's on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the newer ammo, uh, and a lot of this is because of the, the FBI guidelines and demands and millions of concealed carry holders using the FBI guidelines to choose their own personal ammo. Uh, there is a lot of incredibly good ammunition out there now that just did not exist 10 and in some cases five years ago. Uh, good 9 millimeter today is as good as the best 45 was 10 or 15 years ago. Hmm. Uh, there's 380 ammunition today that gets the same penetration that 9mm ammo got 5 and 10 years ago. It's just, it's moving at a blistering pace. So any preconceptions that you've got on what caliber is adequate and what kind of bullet design is adequate, uh, it really needs to be based on newer information and not not anything from like I said 5 10 15 years ago. Yeah, so let me uh, let me ask you about this because um one of the things that we started to have a conversation with and it was another one of those things where it's like wait, we we've got to do this for our audience, but um one of the things that we always did like in the military was in every magazine for for our weapon the last three rounds were our uh, tracer ammo so that if we were in a if we were in a firefight all of a sudden, I'm pulling, pulling, pulling. You're not counting rounds, but all of a sudden, if you start seeing tracer ammo coming out, you know visually, and then you have three rounds for your brain to register that there's tracer rounds coming out of there. You know you're at the end of the magazine, and it's time for a reload there. Um, with innovation of ammunition, like you've been talking about, one of the things that's come out in recent years has been the luminescent ammunition. And most people know what tracers are, where it shoots like this streak. It's like the bullets on fire when it's going out there. And that usually is like a flammable material that's that's going out there. In fact, trust me, I put out more than my share of range fires in the military bases that have been caused by a tracer round. It's a pain in the ass. But now what they're doing is like there's a, a version of ammunition out there from, um, I think it's called stealth, like streak ammo. And it has, um, in fact, you were telling me about this. It has that 
luminescent, like um, almost like an like an epoxy or a plastic that's ignited by the the gunpowder when you shoot it. So it's not flammable. It's not going to start a fire or anything. But you'll see those rounds going out like they're tracer ammo, and it's not necessarily something that's seen because it's at the back of the bullet. It's not it's not seen at every angle by other people. They most likely somebody from the side is still going to see it. I know I'm, I'm just. I'm preparing for all those people out there that are saying, well, yeah, then the bad guys are going to see where you're at. Trust, you know, I think that's kind of a ridiculous <laughs> argument. But nonetheless, it got me thinking as as I started looking at my own personal loadout, I love the frangible first um, method. I love putting hollow points in there. What do you think about adding in the last three rounds there of something like a luminescent round that lets you know, holy crap, I better uh, grab my other, my other uh, magazine now? Yeah, I think... I think you can make that work. It, like anything, it's going to take practice, and what you're going to need to do is condition the mind to know that as soon as it sees that red tracer, that means don't think about it, reload. Mm. Yeah. And otherwise, you're going to have the same same delay of, oh, wait, what's the, oh, that's cool. Wait, <laughs> that means I'm out of ammo. <laughs> right. That looks cool, yeah. Um, awesome, awesome. Well, I love this conversation. I love all my conversations with you. I learn so much every time that we talk, and uh, this was something I just had to share with the audience. And hey, audience, I would like to learn from you. Like, what is it? What do you have in your normal loadout? Is there something unusual that you use when you're putting together your everyday carry loadout? Make sure that you go ahead and leave a comment where this podcast is on the blog. I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on on today's loadout as well. So go check that out, and make sure that you head on over to Ox's website again. It's at www tacticalshootingsecrets.com. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>